It's 4 a.m. For the third time this week, I'm awakened by the dry, harsh bite of the cold air creeping and nestling under the bed sheets with me. The sharp, brisk sensation sends prickly shivers up my spine, forcefully poking for a reaction. The windows are open. Again, I mutter with jaded acceptance. I unravel from the minimal comforts of my bed to close my rather persistent window. As I begin to pull the small glass double doors shut, I notice something. A tree. Something about this tree was just wrong. It's like I can feel it peering at me. Was it always there? I'm not sure, but it definitely gets under my skin. No one just plants creepy six-foot trees in a stranger's backyard. With the full moon only partially lighting the backyard, and the added glow of only a few dim solar lights. I chalk it all up to my mind's dire need to get more rest. I close the window and roll back in my sheets to drift away once more. I wake up only 30 minutes later to a knock downstairs. I make my way to the front door and look through the peephole to see that no one is there. I unlock and open the door. A strange stillness coats my entire being. Everything was so silent. No cars on the road. No animals howling amongst the fog. No bugs calling from the trees. Nothing at all. The silence really unnerved me to the core. The sensation makes you feel watched. Expected even. Before closing the door, I almost completely overlooked the sock monkey on my welcome mat. Why would someone leave a sock monkey on my porch? Why a sock monkey? I'm not new to the neighborhood, and I'm well over the age for toys. I reached out to grab it, but something in me just didn't feel safe touching it. I know it sounds creepy, but I didn't like the way it looked at me. Peering into me, waiting for weakness. It laid on its side, still, but prepared. Could this be the Trojan horse my paranoia paints it to be? I close the door and turn both locks. I walk upstairs exhausted, but alert. I lay in bed, unsure of how to feel about it. When I think about it all, I feel crazy. It all just seemed coincidental after thinking it over. I get up to light a cigarette by the window to laugh it off. As I take my second drag, I notice something, or the lack thereof. The tree, it's gone. I hear a bang at the front door. I walk downstairs, unsure of what to expect next. I peek through the peephole, and I can make out a figure. It was my sister. It couldn't be. My sister went on a trip with my mother to Alaska, and wasn't expected to fly back for another two weeks. Why was she here at this hour? Where is my mother? I ask if everything is okay. She says, Yes, please open the door. It's late. Maintaining a consistently creepy gaze into the peephole, like she was staring back into my eyes. I feel crazy, but I know this is not my sister. I ask about the whereabouts of mother, but she maintains that terrifying stillness while she glares into my soul. Please, let me inside. I am so cold and hungry. I asked again where mom was, and she laughed 
with this dead, blank expression, like someone using a large sock puppet to impersonate laughter before she stops, completely still, looking right through the door, right through me. Why won't you let me in? I want to feel warm. You want me to feel warm too, don't you? She awaits a reply motionless in front of the door. I grab my phone and notice a text from 11.33 p.m. earlier last night. It was my sister saying she was heading to bed and would call in the morning. I hit the call button to see if I would hear the vibration from beyond the door. The call goes to voicemail, but it's quiet outside. I look back through the peephole and see that she is leaning against the wall. Hey, do you need me to call someone? Her head swiftly twists towards me in an unnatural way. See you upstairs. A long, crooked line of wiggling parapodia exploded out of her face and torso before the hundreds of tiny, sharp legs would latch and climb the wall and pull her body vertically, all while staring at me with those dead eyes. I race against that thing upstairs to beat it to my window. This is an absolute nightmare. My legs can't get me up there fast enough, each leg thrusting against the thick carpet lace stairs in rapid succession trying with everything in me to not trip while hearing it crawl up the wall. I turn the doorknob to my bedroom, winded, but terrified to my bones. Opening the door, I don't see anyone, so I run to the window and close it. I look outside for anything, but everything has gone still, quiet. Where did it go? I peer outside for what feels like hours, even though it may have just been minutes. Barely relieved, I sit on my bed, looking at my bedroom window. I want to go downstairs to call the police, but I can't take my eyes off the window. I wrap myself up in my blanket to warm up. The seductive warmth tempts me to lay down on my side, still looking at the window. My eyes get heavy. So heavy they start to close. Drifting into a heavy deep sleep. Something unnerving snaps me out of it. Slime. Slime. Thick, wet, and viscous. It bleeds through my bed sheets and blankets. What is this? I try to leave the bed before noticing some kind of cord embedded in my side. As I pull, it winces and sends pain throughout my side. I think it's biting me. The bed itself starts moving, shaking. Large, black, scaly tendrils coil up my body, one hovering over me. The tendril targets my face like a serpent sizing up its meal with famished anticipation. The sleeve of it recedes, revealing a revolting, oozing pink proboscis. Eight white hollow fangs make themselves known as they arm the end of its face. It lunges for my face, but I pull my blanket up at the last second. It is quickly shredding through, so I wrap it in the tightest bundle I can muster before flinging it against the wall. I try to use this brief moment of opportunity to unravel myself from the remaining tendrils as well as some of the now moving layers of bed sheets. They are squeezing tight and every move I make just makes it that much easier for it to constrict me while the sheets creep over my face and into my mouth, blocking all airflow 
it granted limited vision, with only the smallest bit of translucency through the sheets. The worm-like monster rips past the blanket and is setting me up for a final blow before a passing ambulance sets the creature off from the siren. The creature winces and twitches before it starts, changing. Its form starts to shift and shake, expressing new eyes and limbs. I slide from the greasy shape-shifting bed and fall to the floor, kicking and crawling in a slippery panic to get out of the room. I ran to the garage to grab my hunting rifle from the gun safe. I turn and pull the bolt back, nervously loading a bullet into the chamber, locking the bolt back in place. It's so quiet out there, but I know danger could be lurking anywhere beyond this door. Expecting a worm-swinging bed monster to burst through the door filled me with the unluckiest feeling I have ever experienced. Why me? I pocket a few more rounds and slowly creep out into the hall with my eyes fixed on my iron sight. I haven't used this dusty thing since I was a kid. I just hope this gun can hold up against that thing. I slowly make my way to the front, and the coat stand catches my eye. I think I saw it move. I point my barrel to the suspicious object that stood before me, ready and waiting. I finally somewhat feel a sense of security, like I was in control now. I keep my eyes trained on it, waiting for any sign of movement to permit me to squeeze the trigger. Do something. Anything. Stand remain motionless. I start to move. The shape-shifting monstrosity bashes my skull from behind with tremendous force, slamming me to the hardwood floor and sending my gun sliding away. I try to crawl and grab for the gun, but it grabs my calf before its hand transforms into a maw with jagged sharp teeth that lock onto and tear into me with a painful vice, only comparable to the unrelenting grip of a shark. I try to reach and crawl through the pain. The monstrous being seems to take perverse pleasure, consuming my flesh and blood. Not eating only for hunger, but drunk with a hasty and greedy satisfaction for each serrated bite it takes. Feeling weak from pain and blood loss, I can only faintly grip the stock of my gun. The feeling of the cold metal and lacquered wood gave me an unexpected second win. I grip and pull the gun as hard as I can before rolling on my back to take the shot. I only graze it, but the sound does more than enough to distract it. The loud blast of the gun sends the creature screaming, convulsing, and changing again. I try to release the bolt, but it's jammed. I timidly hobble backwards as the creature walks towards me as its bodily formation grows and cruelly impersonates me. My doppelganger's teeth start falling out with liters of saliva and blood. Black stinger-like teeth grow and form in their place. Its lips split as it continues to gape its mouth wider until its jaw breaks with a nauseating crack. A long, slick blue tongue relaxes and hangs from its mouth, watering anticipation of its next bite. I desperately jog with a nerve-wracking limp for the spare bedroom with that thing keeping its pace with me. Grab the doorknob with sweaty palms 
bursting into the room, slamming the door behind me, locking the door, before the monstrous being crashes into it, banging and screaming. I look for anything of use in my closet. No guns. Nothing sharp or heavy. Nothing to work with at all. Wait. What's this? An air horn? The shapeshifter blasts through the door, like a rage-filled rhino. It slowly comes closer, with its sharp, gaping mouth watering, ready for substance. From its hands grow long, bony spikes. It charges at me, with its spikes ready to impale me like chicken on a skewer. It misses the first lunge, but sends the other spike overhand through my shoulder, hitting me to the wall. It primes its drooling, stinger-ridden mouth for a fatal bite to the jugular when I intercept its face with my air horn, pressing the button, letting out a loud, obnoxious blast of air into its face, sending it into hysteria. It shakes, bites, and screams, but can't remove the spike, trapping it like a butterfly under a needle. It furiously attacks me, slashing me and sending a mouthful of stingers dripping with bacteria-ridden drool and venom that strike my nerves like lightning. The pain just isn't enough for me to let go of the button. This thing has to die, and this may be the only way. Its flesh starts to melt and shake off its bones, exposing pulsating organs and trembling muscle fibers. I jam the air horn inside the monster's chest cavity right beside its heart. The monstrous entity trembles and screams before its chest cavity explodes, sending bone and flesh scattered all over the room like party confetti. I grab the broken bone shard that is still pinning me to the wall. I squeeze the end and pull till I start to slide away from the wall. With one final tuck, my body slips off the bloody bone, falling to the floor before the pain forces me to black out. I open my weak eyes to the now sunlit and gore-painted room, feeling sick and in severe pain. The doorbell sounds, grabbing my attention. I slowly but persistently hobble my disheveled body to the front door. Looking through the peephole, I notice no one. So I unlock and open the door. Looking down, I notice a medical kit. Maybe someone heard all the trouble and wanted to send help. But wouldn't they just call for help? I reach down to grab the bag, but something catches my eye. The spelling. It says, Fist at KT 